It's great to see you all here this morning. There I am. And thank you. I, I, I also um, express the sentiments to the Lord of, for the rain. It's just beautiful to see. I have a, a feeling that all those Victorians from down south have come up here for their holidays and have pushed the low pressure systems up for us. And so now we're copping the rain. No pun intended, little sister. It's all right. Yeah, right there. <laughs> Um, it is an exciting day. I don't mean to be selfish, but uh, yeah, to have my, my little sister and, and brother-in-law and their, my nephew's up here for a holiday and also to have Jake and Luke. Um, they're going to help me out a little bit today. And I, we do value that as a church if you are visiting with us. We believe in the Lord using the young generation uh, to see his kingdom come in this earth. And we believe he has empowered them now by the Holy Spirit to do the work of the kingdom. And so that's why you'll often see young people up leading worship and speaking behind the microphone. It is intentional, it is purposeful, and we love it and we value it here as a vineyard family. Um, well done to you all. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and give him a pat on the back. You can, if you're besties, you can give him a hug. Uh, we'll draw the line at kissing today. No, da, da, da. Oh, Darren and Trish, I thought you were going there. I thought they were going there. Like, like I said, we value the youth. We don't want them passing out because they're watching the old people kiss. All right, That's not, not what we want to see happen today. You've successfully negotiated another year. Another calendar year is nearly over, so well done to you all. <laughs> it's good. It's been a good year. It has been a very good year here uh, for the Vineyard family. And again, I express everything that's been said, that we just say thank you to Jesus for all that has happened here, even for those things that have been challenging for us, because in the midst of that, we have seen his goodness come to us time after time, and our faith has increased and the knowledge of our, his love for us has increased as a result of those things. Um, I don't know about you though, but I woke up on Boxing Day, the plum pudding and the custard had barely even settled down in my tummy, and I turned the news on to find that they're already talking about 2015 and making plans and New Year's resolutions for 2015. I was like, hang on a minute, the food's barely settled. You can see now it has, it's well and truly settled uh, now, and... I think I did drop a belt notch, to be completely honest with you, over the last two weeks. So um, get back on the treadmill and the bike after this week. It's a season of celebration. It's a good. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Well, we're not alone. Most of the world this week is obviously going to be focusing on 2015 and what is to come next year. You know, we have, uh, again, I just said we've had a great year. And as the world is focusing on 2015, we've also got this reflection that's occurring for everybody of what has occurred in 2014. So we sit kind of in the middle. We're right in the, the cross point, if you want to talk about it like that. And as I thought about that this week, the Lord just reminded me. And I, look, sorry if this is a no-brainer for everybody here, but it was just a little bit of a revelation for me. It's like, we celebrate Jesus' birthday right in the middle of reflecting on what has occurred in 2014 and what will come in 2015. I don't think we often, and I know the world definitely doesn't, link the two together of what has been, what will come, and right in the middle of that, we celebrate Jesus' birthday. Sorry if I'm going to ruin a Christmas secret here for some, but if you're not aware, it's not actually Jesus' birthday. It's not the date that he was, uh, he was actually born. 
But it is the day that we celebrate his birth. We won't go into all the reasons for that, but it is the day we celebrate. What a, what a masterful stroke that it eventually happened, that as everybody continues to reflect on the year that's been and the year that will come, the inbreaking of the King of Kings is the center point of those two events as we reflect on it. Thanks, Corey. I think that's a good move. As Kirk said this week, Kirk talked about a story as uh, we celebrated on Christmas Eve about the sun and he used to have a, a magnifying glass that he'd roam around the, the backyard looking for an ant that he could focus that sunlight right into that centre point and hit that ant um, with all the power of the sun and whack right into that one moment. And as we look at 2014 and look ahead to 2015, we want to keep Jesus. My point is we want to keep Jesus right at the middle of everything that has been and that will be to come. He is our life. We have nothing without him. That's the reality for each and every one of us. So with this in mind, the temptation is to set New Year's resolutions and the world will the world will try and influence us. It's already happening through media across the board. It will try and influence your thought process of what's important and what should be happening in 2015. I want to do a simple thing today where we look at three simple things that will help us to keep Jesus at the centre um, of celebrating what has been but looking forward to what will come. That all the things that he has worked on us with through um, talking to us about our identity, who we are in him. It's been a big theme for us this year, hasn't it, in the Vineyard Church? Who we are in Jesus, our identity in Jesus. Can anybody remember the other two things that the Lord's been talking to us about this year? We've really focused in on this year. So, purpose, yes? I'll give you a hint. Kinship groups are a part of being in a... Family. Family is the third one that the Lord has um, really focused us on. So with these things in mind, let's look at three simple things that will help us keep Jesus at the centre. I know I want to acknowledge today that many of us are tired. It's been a big year. Christmas is just done. But right now, can we just pray? Can we just refocus our hearts as we look at these three simple things? that we would allow the Lord to come and do what he wants to do. Because although this year's over, it's not for the Lord. He, he's, he's outside of time, and he's still continuing to work in our lives. All right, so let's pray. Holy Spirit, come. What is happening in the natural now, in the rain falling, is happening now with the Lord's love to each and every one of you. He has a purpose and a plan in you all being here today. I don't think you're here by accident. We never are. So now, Lord, we open our hearts to you. We open our minds. We open every part of our being to come and to seek you, to put you at the center of all that's going on in our life right now. Speak to us. Speak to us. Now, Holy Spirit, raise expectation. 
raise expectation of what you want to do and what you want to say today. Let whatever comes from my mouth, if it is of the Lord, let it fall on good soil and take root. Whatever it is of me, I pray, Father, it would fall to the ground as dust and fall away. Because it's you. We're here for you and for you alone. So we welcome you here and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. The first one uh, we're going to look at today, the first one of the three things is thankfulness. Uh, Look, I'm sorry if this is one of those things that you hear and you go, I've been there, done that, heard that. I hope we never, ever stop hearing from the pulpit that the place of our life should be in thankfulness to Jesus for what he's done, for the Father in sending him, and for the Holy Spirit in dwelling in us. We should never, ever stop hearing that message from the front. We're in trouble. I really think we're in trouble if we lose that heart of thankfulness to the Father, to Jesus and the Holy Spirit for all they do in our lives. We're, in, we're on dangerous and shaky ground. So we're not going to do that. We're going to turn our hearts and be thankful today. I'm not going to do it today, though. I'm going to ask my second son, Lucas, if he would come up. Why don't you welcome him? It's a very daunting thing coming up to do this. Come on up, mate. You good? He's going to share a short testimony of his thankfulness uh, to Jesus for this year. That one's not working. Sorry, guys. So, what am I thankful to God for in the past year of 2014? My normal answer would be my home, my family, my school and my friends. And I am thankful for that stuff, but to go deeper it's harder and it takes more thought and more concentration about what you've done in the past year. Um... So what am I truly thankful for? I am thankful for my mum's care for people because that gave me a chance to pray with Corey Geeskins, wherever he is. Um, you can't miss the ball head. It's right oh, there. Right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I got to pray with Corey Geeskins for my best friend's cousin who had a bone marrow transplant, an everyday place like Macca's, which I thought was just plain awesome. And then I'm also thankful for Bo Geeskin's heart for the Lord because, um, because at the Vineyard Conference Youth Group, Bo prayed over me and gave um, some words of wisdom, like I was one of the light horsemen from World War I and that God was hugging me, but it wasn't just a wraparound hug. It was a pick-me-up and throw-me-round hug. Um, and finally, I'm thankful for, for God's love to heal. Because when I was going for school captaincy, my stutters that I've had for a long time had gotten really, really bad. And... Yeah. And my stutters that I've had for a long time, they got really, really bad. And I could barely talk without stuttering. So, um... When I had to fill in the paperwork to become a school captain, I... Sorry, I just can't find it. You're fine, mate. That's all good. 
I was filling in my paperwork that you have to fill in saying why the school should make me a captain when I started to second guess myself and I got really upset. But I was really determined to get a position and I didn't know what to write or say in my speech. I then told my parents that I didn't know what to write and they could see that I was really upset so they prayed for me and they told me they didn't have to write it that night, which I kind of had to but I didn't know. Um, so then the next day I didn't hand in my paperwork and all the other captains had their paperwork which I felt really bad and got really upset that day. I went home that night and I was so upset that I started to just cry in my room and then my mum um, came in and like, had a talk with me yeah. and then she said just to do it and then pray to the Lord that like um yeah pray to the Lord that I That I would be. That you get it completed. Yeah, that I'd get it completed, and then I would hand it in tomorrow. And then I did that, and then the Lord did like help me, and then I got to like say a speech um to try and become a school captain. So then I wrote my speech or two speeches because I was going for three positions. That doesn't make sense three speeches to go for three positions and then I had to like say that in front of all of the teachers from my year level, students of my year level and all the principals and previous leaders of the school. I, I was extremely nervous about because I said before, because as I said bef before, my studies had gotten really bad leading up towards this time. When it came time to read my speeches, I didn't feel nervous at all, and I felt, and all I felt was excitement because of God's love that came over me that day. And God also gave me about 80% of healing towards the stutters, which I was really excited about. But most of all, all I just want to say is thanks to God for His unconditional love for all of us today. Mum was, I'm um, a blubbering mess, but if your mum was in here, she'd be, yeah, unconsolable. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, he got house captain for his, uh, for his school, so he yeah, did really well. Um, just the fact that he got up and did his speech yeah, was a miracle in and of itself. So, and as you can hear, his testimony was being lived out right before you because he didn't stutter once in the midst of uh, doing that speech. So, it's uh, it's been a really exciting journey to watch him grow in the Lord. But what I do love about Luke's testimony also, as I said, if you hear the testimony, you hear the three pillars, the three key um, things that the Lord has been working on us all throughout this year. You hear purpose, you hear identity, and you hear the sense of family. You hear his identity and who he is, um, that the stutter didn't define Lucas, that the Lord healed him of that. You hear the um, sense of purpose in praying for his friends. He knows that he is here to bring the kingdom into the world. And you hear family, Bo and others sharing words of knowledge over each other. It's a great testimony of all the Lord has been doing in and through us as a church in 2014. 
want to offer a thought to you in the midst of thankfulness as we are thanking God. What if the reverse was to happen for you as you reflect on 2014? What if God was thankful to you? Now, I, I mulled over this thought quite a bit of whether or not this is what happens. And I'm, I'm still, I talked to a few people this week to, uh, to wrestle through the, this point. But I do believe with all my heart now as I've done that, that God is thankful to each and every one of you for what you have done throughout 2014. How you have loved him, how you have served him, how you have served other people. God can be thankful to you. One of the issues I think that, that, that may be happening, if you're feeling this right now, I think sometimes there can, what has some thoughts that have crept in through the church over time is the thought that, and you don't consciously necessarily think about it, that God is almost forced, the Father is almost forced to love me because of what Jesus did. So the love is there. There's no problem with that. The love is there, but he has to because Jesus paid for my sin and it was all complete and that was done. But then to go beyond that where you could think that the Father is actually thankful for who you are, that can be a stumbling block for some people and the sense that God would need to thank me, that there, it almost feels like there's this dependency that he would need of me. No, that's not necessarily tr true, but I know I'm proud of my sons I'm absolutely stoked over who they are as people. I'm stoked for the choices that they make in their lives. I'm stoked for the the, peop, the, pers, the the men, the men of God that they are becoming, and I am thankful to them for who they are and what they're doing in their life. Why would it be any different for the Father, for God? So as you enter and think and reflect on 2014, don't just push up, let it come back down. Does that make sense? Let the thanks go up and let it come back down from the Father. Give him space. Give him space before you hit 2015 at 100 miles an hour. Give him space to say thank you to you. Here's a challenge. I heard um, John Woodrow did this. I don't know all the details, but I'll, I'll try and capture what you did, John. I heard last week, uh, last Sunday night, for those that are here, he set up a mirror at the front and allowed people to just come and stand in front of the mirror looking at themselves and allow the Father to talk to them in the midst of watching themselves in the mirror. There's a challenge for you if you struggle with that. Stand in front of the mirror and ask the Father to speak over you the things that he is thankful for about your life and what has happened in 2014. Let's see what happens. A little bit of homework for you. All right. The second point. We'll move on. So we've got thankfulness. The second one is making room for the more of Jesus. And I guess essentially we're talking about faith, an increase in faith. I love the biblical Christmas story. I just love it. There are so many aspects we could pull it apart and we've done it over Christmas Eve and Christmas Day and just prior to Christmas. But one of the things I do love about the Christmas story, one of the little subplots that goes on, is how people make room for the king to enter into their life. So we've got Elizabeth's response to Mary when she sees that, when she comes and, and visits her and, and, and celebrates and worships and said, the mother of my saviour basically has come. 
making room. The shepherds responding to the two angels' call that the king has been born. Now go, you know, go and find him. The um, three kings following the star, just making room, giving up where they were, and off they went to go and find this newborn king. The innkeeper making room for Joseph and Mary in the barn. The list goes on and on. There's so many people throughout the story of the Christmas story of making room for Jesus in their life, making room for the king. But the one that grabs me the most is Mary, without a doubt. Without a doubt, Mary. She is the one that epitomizes that sense for me of making room for the king. One of the interesting things about it, though, I find is when we make room for the king, the response, the fulfillment of that space being made and the king coming can take time. It's not often, and it's reflected in the story, it's not often instant that we get to see the fulfillment. The kings had to make the journey to go get Jesus. They made the room, but they didn't find Jesus until they actually went and made the journey, as an example. Mary is the one that, that grabs me the most, though. The angel comes and tells her, the promise is yours, you're going to bear the Messiah. You are going to bear the Messiah. Now, she has a very natural response. What virgin would not ask the angel, how is this going to happen? <laughs> how is this going to happen? Fair question, i got to say. I don't think there's doubt. I just think that's a good question to ask if you get that kind of word. I'm a virgin. How is this going to happen? How am I going to bear the Messiah? Good question from her. And what I love about that is her faith in the expectancy of the kingdom coming. She says... She listens to the angel. The angel says to her, and this is a, I think this is a key word for somebody here today, for no word from God will ever fail. That's what the angel says to her. And the angel then also um, gives Mary a little, little glimmer of, 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 here's how you'll know also the promise is going to be coming about. You can't, Elizabeth, Elizabeth who was said to be barren, she's going to have a child. As well, and what I love is how Mary responds. Mary, three little things I want to present to you about making room for Jesus that Mary does in this story. The first one is she believes. She just accepts the word upon receiving it. This is from the Lord. I'm going to receive it. I don't see the fulfillment of it, but I'm saying yes to it. I believe this is of the Lord. What does she say? I am the Lord's servant. May your word to be, be fulfilled. No other complexity except that. Yes, let it be fulfilled. The second thing she does is she holds it in her heart. She holds it very closely to her heart. Although the text doesn't mention this, she must have looked for signs that she was pregnant. Like it, it, I don't believe it would have been an instant bang. She just all of a sudden, maybe she did. I, I don't, some, some mums do, some mums don't know initially for a period of time. I would suspect she maybe didn't. The reason why I suspect that she maybe didn't, um, and as she held on to the promise in her heart, the third thing, she guarded them in her heart, but it ties into the third thing, she responded. She made a response. She didn't, she held it in her heart and then she made a response as well. She took what the angel said and she received the word and she said, you know what? I'm going to hold on to this. I'm looking for the change into, in my body. I'm looking for the Lord to come where he's coming. But there's one thing the angel said to me that I'm going to go and try and see about. I'm going to go and visit Elizabeth. 
The angel says she's pregnant. I'm going to go and visit Elizabeth. She puts herself into a place where she's, she's responding to the word. She's believing the word and she's acting on it. She's making a response. We can often, and I, I'm very guilty of this, receive a word and, and we kind of hold it and we hold it like this. And we hold it like this. <laughs> yeah. Receiving. Yep. All right. It's, it's biblically when words are received, there is action, there's faith, there's response that's got to come, and those words are held on to because sometimes, as I said, there is a time, there's a gap, there's a gap between the word being given and the fulfillment. I've got a, quite a few prophetic words that I've got written down. I'm holding on to them. I haven't seen the fulfillment of them yet, but I'm holding on to them closely, and I'm looking. And I'm watching and I'm testing. And if I hear any parts of the word that I remember, uh, that's right, that word, I go revisit it. Okay, is there signs of that? Am I, am I meant to physically respond now because I can see those things starting to happen? Learn from Mary as we plan for 2015. Make room for the king. Read scriptures. Read the scriptures, the promises of the Lord over you. Receive the words that he has over you. Hold them, believe them, hold on to them, respond to them, respond to them. Is this all making sense? Is this cool? Yeah. Cool. All right. The last one, the last point. Remember who you are in Jesus. Remember, let me rephrase that. Remember your identity in Jesus. This is something that we have reflected on largely in 2014. I don't think this will go away in 2015, 16, 17, all the days of your life. This is not going to go away. Your identity in Jesus is central to your life. Your identity in who you are in him, the love of the Father, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit are central to your to our lives. Um. Kirk spoke about last week, we had a bigger picture. He talked about them, don't lose the reality of what God is doing in the earth. Do you remember last week he spoke and he listed out all the kingdom activities that are going on throughout the world at the moment? He said, hold on, don't lose reality. The kingdom is not at work. The kingdom is advancing. Well, this morning I believe the Lord wants us to hold on to our identity. Don't lose your identity in who you are as in Jesus as we move into 2015. That doesn't stop. It continues on and on and on. It's a snowball. It's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and rolling and rolling and gaining more and more momentum. And that is a very, very good thing. All right. What I'm going to do now is get... Oh, I, did, I shouldn't do that. I nearly did it. I nearly said number one, son. You really can't put numbers when you have multiple children it doesn't work because then it's like i'm number one i'm num- it's no it's just chronologically number one son is going to come up now and <laughs> jake <laughs> number one's a favorite tracy <laughs> all right you're right Yep. What are you going to do? I'm going to speak about uh, your identity in Jesus. From where? Uh, well, three different scriptures. Um, so if you've got your Bibles, would you like to open them, please? They'll have to be fast, though, won't they? Yep. Yep. 
Um, so you've all done things this year, good, bad, and 2015 is approaching really fast. So what are you going to do next year to grow in Christ and your identity? As a church this year, God wants us to focus on identity. And one of the scriptures that focuses on identity through him is Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 3. So Isaiah 60, verse 1 to 3, Arise, shine, your light has come, and the glory of God of the Lord rises upon you. Yeah. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Yeah. Nations, nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So the passage declares that we have an identity through him and we are like diamonds shining in the darkness piercing it till the darkness is completely gone i know that's why i want i don't know about you but do you want to completely shine till darkness is gone hey jake can i ask a question can darkness exist where light shines no no so light is all-encompassing, it envelops all of darkness. Yeah. Yeah. So the truth of that scripture would mean that wherever we go, we carry light, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. That we actually invade the darkness as we go. The darkness does not invade us. Would that be a fair point? Yeah. Do you reckon? Yeah, it's a good scripture. I like it. Keep going, mate. The next one, uh, the next verse is Ephesians 5, verse 1 to 2. Follow God's example. Therefore... As dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up as a fragrance offering and sacrifice to God. Mm. So that's a verse. And this also tells us about our, our identity through him, confirming that we can walk the way of love and do the things of God. We are perfectly capable of doing the stuff of Jesus. You just need to believe. Mm. It's good. Now you're right, keep going. <laughs> uh, the next verse is John 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. It continues on. I'd love you to read it at home. Um, but the important of this message is it goes deep into explaining our identity and how we are in a relationship with God. Do you remember what Jesus called us in John 15? He gave us one specific word. It's a very cool word. Fruit bearer. Yeah, it begins with F. It's close. And NR is the second letter too. We're not slaves anymore. We're... Freedom bringers. Friends. 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 Good job, mate. Well done. You're on it. All over it. So I'm going to hand back over to Dad. He's got one more for you. Yeah. Well done, Jake. <laughs> Friends of God. Does it get any better? Well, yes, sons. Sons and daughters is pretty cool. But 
the intimacy that's that's there when you talk about being friends with the creator of the world. I, I, I just can't get enough of hearing about that. I just love John 15. I know David loves John 15 as well. I share uh, that passion with him. It, oh, it's just full. It's rich of, of, um, of truths of who we are in Jesus and what Jesus has done and where we need to remain and just dig in it. Have a good dig again. Um, there is one more passage that I do want to talk about, and that's Psalm 139, 17 to 18. And this says this, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. When I think about remembering who we are in Jesus, and I read a passage that tells me, and I know it's poetry, I get that, but I just love the thought that the Father would have as many thoughts over me about how much he loves me and cares about me that would outnumber the grains of sand in the world. Now, I was at, um, I was at, we, we were at our, our family holiday last, uh, two weeks ago, down at Casarina, a great spot if you want to go down. Um, there's a lot of development down there, a little plug for Casarina. Um, it was, I was out on a morning walk and the Lord, as I walked along and I, and I could see the sand and the Lord reminded me of this passage. I said, that's really cool, Lord. And I'm kind of looking around up on the sandbank and, and down as far down the coast because it was just a massive coastline. I walked one way, I think, about 45 minutes and I still only got to one edge of the point. Um, massive beach. And I'm looking at just the... There's no... I wouldn't even know what the word would be. Billions, trillions, zillions. It's an, just an immeasurable amount in one sense of grains of sand. And I'm thinking the Lord has that many thoughts. And every part of my human body, every part of my flesh, every part of the enemy wants me to, would fight, would began to just grind at me and go, no, that is not possible. You can't explain that. You can't fathom that. It can't be possible. And I kept walking and the Lord just kept reminding me, yes, yes. I have as many thoughts over you as there is grains of sand, and then I reckon it's more. I actually think it's more. But as I walked along, I noticed as I was watching, there's the dry grains of sand up on the banks, and I was walking right along, you know, that nice spot where the sand is soft because the water's just come up and washed on it, and it's kind of massaging your feet as you walk along. It was really nice. And I saw the grains of sand there, and I'm reflecting... That's me. Sorry. Do I need... Is, is it this way? do a little shuffle. Um, then all of a sudden, because I was focusing so much on looking out in the distance, whack, this wave just knocks me, nearly knocks me off my feet. And I look down and around my legs, and here's all these little grains of sand sticking to my legs as I'm doing that. And the Lord just spoke to me then, and I felt like some things I think you're meant to hold on to between you and Jesus, but I asked him if it was okay to share this today. There should be things between you and the Father that you don't have to share publicly or anything, anything else. He, would, he likes doing that. He likes to make you special that way. But he reminded me, he said, Scott, never forget my thoughts and these grains, look where these grains of sand are. They're on the sandbank. They're in the nice cushy spot where it's nice and comfortable to walk. But they're also out in the surf. They're out in that rough stuff that doesn't necessarily always feel that good to go out in. So he said to me, no matter what happens in 2015, Know that my thoughts for you are always constant and the same. Wherever you are walking, wherever you find yourself in life, 
His thoughts for you are exactly the same. So as you think about 2014 and what has been, you can probably pinpoint that was a nice walk on the dunes, that was a good tumble down the dunes, that was a nice walk on that soft, cushy sand, and fair dinkum that time, well, that was when I got crunched by a 10-foot dumper that just slammed me on the bottom of the, of the surface. But the reality is those grains of sand are all in that place, no matter where you are walking in that. And so are the thoughts of the Father towards you, no matter what is going on in this coming year. That is all I have to say about that. I can't put on a Forrest Gump accent. I'm not even going to try and do that. Thank the Lord for what has been in 2014 and what is coming in 2015 with anticipation and expectation. Thank him. Thank him. Welcome it. Give space for the Father to thank you for what you have done in 2014 and how you've served him. I've already forgotten my points. I've got that so far, so far into it. Remember your identity in Jesus. Never forget it. Hold on to it as you enter into it and make plans for 2015 and seek the Lord for what those plans are. If you've got your identity in him, all the plans are going to come out anyway. They're all going to be... In, just got to follow him. If you know your identity, you're going to live it from following him and knowing your identity in him. And thirdly... And finally, remember who you are in Jesus. Remember who you are in Jesus. Sorry, I missed make room. I, I got my points all mixed up. Make room for Jesus was the second one. Make room. All the plans you've got, you're probably making financial plans, family plans, all of those things. Lay them out before the Lord. Make room for faith. He will come. The fulfillment like Mary saw, it will come. It will come if we make room and we're expectant of it. Look for it, hold it, believe it, respond to it. All right? We're going to go into a time of ministry now.